right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. Episode 36 in the house. We back. Mother. F- yeah, we back. We here. Let's do it. All right. You know, the way the way you presented that sounded like it's mundane, you know, monotone type of type of vibe here. But never that. Never that. I'm just over here contemplating how I'm going to give an intro to my 36 because I didn't really make one up in my head. So I, I already know what I'm going with. I, I can intro your 36 if you'd like. Um, but would you like to enlighten the people with your new relationship, by the way? Uh, not sponsored, but <laughs> keep it real with y'all. I have over 20 siblings. Both of my grandmothers are still alive. I have countless of admirers. Some may call them fans, but I refuse to do that. Then I have friends to me who are family. And that number is not a high number because I don't let that many people in. And my new relationship, I enjoy more than most of those people. It is with garden veggie straws, screaming in a hot edition. Get those in your life. It's like a healthier version of the Caps hot fries and possibly better. And Caps hot fries are one of my five favorite chips of all time. But this is not an ad. That's an interesting tier list. The top five chips of all time. I I don't know where I go there. I feel like it was definitely up there for me. Cape Cod Original, I think, is up there for me. Okay. Sweet there's Chili Doritos is there for me. Sweet Chili Doritos is up there. Um, Cats, the the Taki or no the Pocky chips, um, but not necessarily for me to eat them, but for me to have the satisfaction of sneaking them into a bowl of Doritos and watching someone else have one. I get down, baby. I'm right there with you. You know how I flow, I flow with those. I flow with those heavy. Yeah, I mean, I don't eat a lot of chips at all, but when I do, I eat way too many of them. Yeah, no, I, 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 most snack foods, I think I'm like that. Um, but you know what's funny? I'm not like that. I'm only like that with like two things. Like, I don't buy ice cream because no matter how much ice cream I bought, whether it's a pint, a half a gallon, or a gallon, I'm down probably that yeah. day. And chips is another one where it's like, like, I can have, I love gummy worms. I love, I can have all that shit in my pantry and don't touch it for days, weeks, or whatever. But if I know I got chips and or ice cream in the crib, Murder. I think like pretzels are another one for me, but like another one hummus, which like it's healthier, but at the same time, if you eat an entire tub of it, it's not. So I'm gonna push back because I argue that it's still mad heavy, healthy because you're gonna shit that out in 24 hours because there's so much fiber and hummus that you. Like, you yeah, know. But the other problem is like if you're putting crackers in it and you're doing that, it's hot. No racism, but yeah, you're right. That's a good point. <laughs> pita chips I, I i digress that ooh, like that, that's, that's like, another strong chip i'm going pita chips very very highly I, I can't put pita chips up there with mines because if we're going to go that kind of chip then tortillas wash pita chips every day that's true yeah it but versatility i think it's, it's an important factor so you know what's funny i feel like the versatility of chips don't even exist i feel like the way we eat chips is the same way but we pretend like it's different like nachos is basically like you're dipping your chips in anything but we just, but like, they, you you just started it with a dip. Yeah, you started it off with it already dipped. So it's like, there's, oh, no, it's different. there's no difference of tortilla chips and queso. Zero. <laughs> like zero percent of that is different. But we pretend like it is. Like, oh, okay, I guess it's different. But but I digress. It is episode 36. And we are, as always, quite right. So do you want me to introduce your number 36? Be, but it's not. But please try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, fine. I'll, I'll go with mine. I'll. I'll yeah. Oh, he quit that early. Down goes Frazier. No, because I, I don't want to. I don't want to step on your moment. I got to introduce my guy. Excuse me. I'm here. The running back in the great state of Pennsylvania. Not from, but played in the great state of Pennsylvania. It's the bus. The real number thirty-six out of Pennsylvania. Won a Super Bowl, had asthma. One of the all-time asthmatic greats. Top five asthmatic greats in my book. <laughs> There's our next starting five. <laughs> Top Vince five asthmatics. Vince Staples. Jim Catfish <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> Jim Catfish Hunter. Maurice Cotton. Like, There's only one spot. Me. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. 
There we go. There we go. I'm honoring it. Please continue. But Jerome Bettis, all-timer. Uh, one of the all-time great send-offs, winning a Super Bowl in his hometown in his final game. How's the did not win that Super Bowl? Jerome Bettis and that defense did. Say it again, please. Hmm? Uh, Jerome Bettis, uh, his team won the Super Bowl. Are you a hater, yeah. Uh, under his tutelage and leadership. He did what Barry Sanders could. Very true. Only time Detroit's going to see the Super Bowl in our lifetimes. Uh, yeah, it certainly seems that way. Seems? I feel like some things are facts and some things are That's like, uh, I mean, th- this might be a moot point by the time this episode comes out, but I just feel like the Braves are going to throw away this World Series just because it's Atlanta. See, I have to push back as a person who grew up in Philadelphia. I never felt like the Braves choked. I always felt like they got beat. No, it's not the Braves. It's the 28 to 3. <laughs> just feels like it's going to continue and they're going to have blown a 3-1 lead. Mm, okay. It it's it's not a Braves thing, it's a city thing. Damn. But Atlanta United Atlanta United balls out, so maybe not. And Georgia's talk, number one in college football. If we're going to talk about college soccer programs, I know that's in the MLS, but we're going to talk about college soccer programs, and let me know, and we can prepare before the show. But we're not talking about MLS soccer on this hair pod unless one of the greats comes to MLS soccer. And I, I mean, that would all disrespect. I agree. I, I, but they get good uh, turnout. They, they had a higher turnout, I think, than like Barcelona or some other huge club recently. But the talent's not that's the like, same. I agree. That's like, I agree. That's like, hey, you, you don't even tell me. Listen, that's like saying that, yo, man. I can name crazy? one player on their team. That's it. So, Isn't it crazy that the Minnesota Timberwolves get a better turnout than the Minnesota Lynx? It's like, no, it's not crazy at all. I, I, I understand why that happened. <laughs> no, they have a higher capacity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the Camp New capacity is, but that Atlanta one's pretty big. So, That Atlanta one's massive. Yeah. Well, I mean, and two so, changes of co-owner. They can so. sell it out. Good for them. They can sell yeah. it out. And two changes of co-owner with my man, yo, God is. So shout out to that. See, I, that's where I side with the LAFC ownership of uh, Nomar Garcia Parra and Will Ferrell. And and shout out to the GOAT, Mia Ham. Well, Mia Ham's not the GOAT, but Mia Ham. Because think about it. Mia Ham can't be the GOAT if the moment she's known for the most wasn't even her. I just, Everybody I thinks Brandy Chastain was Mia. Everybody thinks that. But like, oh, that was, it was, like, it was not Mia Ham at all. That was Brandy Chastain. Completely different human being. Nah, Mia, Ham, number, Mia Ham was the GOAT because her and Nomar are the ultimate sporting power couple. That's a fact. Not really. I, I'm just choosing my biases very strongly. You about to have me do a LeVar ball in person. Like, you ain't see my songs? All three in the league. All three was in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like, I don't, I don't know why I thought Jerome Bettis was, I mean, probably my age, but I always thought he was older than 33 when he retired. No, he was, yeah, because he retired, because that's why they also uh, brought up, because it was in Detroit and the Barry Sanders thing about being yeah. around 30 and all that, because he still had more to give. Like, he wasn't washed when he retired. He just was like, I'm good. Like, I did. And it, you know what's crazy? Most people don't even know he played for the Rams. Wasn't it the Rams? Yep. It's crazy. And he was a beast then, too. Yeah, no, like, I mean, I'm looking at his, you know, I, I remember he was, he said he was going to retire after 2004 until mm-hmm. he, he, knew that the Super Bowl was in Detroit the next year. But, like, yeah, he had 13 touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards the year he was like, yeah, I'm done. Dude, that's insane. And he still has a, a hairline and a perfect fade. Jerome Bettis won. Can we just admit that like, he like he he still talks coherently? He doesn't look yep. like he has any lingering injuries. He still literally – I don't think anyone it. dislikes him. Outside of offensive linemen, he actually looks like he got in better shape after he retired. I like that he also, like, not disavowed, but you never see him hanging out at Notre Dame. No, he doesn't. He's like, oh, he comes no. for a specific reason. He's like, no, I'm a Steeler. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. And he he was, like, one of the, the players that I think we took, took for granted because I think he was in the era of the best crop of running backs that we've seen in our lifetime. Where it's like, oh, Jer- oh yeah, like Jerome the Bettis is there too. Fun, athletic one. Mm-hmm. Or not, not least fun, but least athletic looking one. So you kind of just passed him by. 
But I would I can't even say that because I wouldn't say Curtis Martin looked like a tremendous athlete with his pads on. Like he just Corey Dillon didn't like a tremendous athlete with his pads on. Edron James looked like he was like a beast, but he didn't look like oh, like he didn't nobody look like Adrian Peterson. So like to yeah. me, it was like I think it was just the fact he played in Pittsburgh and they always won at least 10 games a year that it was like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen. But think about that. You had Curtis Martin, Clinton Portis. And, and I think that was the other thing Sean that Alexander. like when you think of the Steelers, it's like, yep, they're gonna run the football. Mm-hmm. So it was just a normality that yeah. there was a good running back, and it was the the defense always got more credit. Many defense times got more credit, so and but. Bill Coward did too. It was always yeah. like coaching and defense. Yeah, even well, though Hines Ward cooking. and Plexico Burris was one of the best tandems in wild. Antoine Randall L as well. Antoine Randall L exactly. Thank you for for correcting me. And he also Miller. had like a they also had I was about to say Heath Miller like a really solid tight end. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm trying they to remember. Were, um, yeah, because I mean, they they had Paul Malo, Joey Porter. They had some dogs back there. They, they had yeah. some huge linemen. I remember. Um, they also had Debo Mike Taylor. Yeah, Debo. Don't forget about Debo. Ah, uh, was he there yet? He had to have been. Yeah, young Debo. Dude, I love one of my favorite Debo quotes. Is when he was like, "Why do you, why do you wear hoodies when you when you work out?" He's like, "Cause my biceps are too big." He's like, "All right, cool, yeah. bro." Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's just behind my one. But the only reason that mine is my favorite is because I'm a Patriots fan. But it was just when he was like, "Yeah, I wanted to hate everyone in that building, and I wanted to hate Brady when I got there." And mm-hmm. I was like, "I respect that you're being that honest. That when you sign for a team, you wanted to hate everyone on the team oh, for sure." <laughs> For sure. That's a different kind of dude, man. Different kind of dude. And and I think that's different than football today, where I think football back then was less skill, more mentality. People were still crazy skill, but it was less skill, more mentality. And today it's also, more skill, less mentality. Doesn't get talked about enough that Bill Cower in the NFL had to teach Willie Parker how to breathe while he carried the football. I don't think it should get talked about enough because that's such nonsense. It's just straight up like some Gotham <laughs> shit. It's like, oh, yeah, that happened. It's like I, the mic up moments are so funny to me whenever they pop up on Twitter or somewhere mm-hmm. else where he's coming off after a 40 yard run. And the first thing Bill Cowers has to him, did you remember to breathe? <laughs> yeah, that's. And he'd be like, nah, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I was like, that, no that one in that like, fast should be able to not breathe. That's like one of those things where when you look at it, it literally makes zero sense. And then it makes all the sense in the world because it is so nonsensical. And you'd be like, well, he wasn't the starter. So maybe that's why. Like, it's just like, like, yeah, it's just he so was also stupid. the one that was breaking it for 75 in the Super Bowl. Like, that's a good time to want to breathe a little bit. Listen, man, stop bringing up, stop bringing up facts, man. This is feelings over facts. That's kind of feelings crazy. over facts. How long was he in the league? That's crazy. He had I think like eight, seven, eight years, I think. Uh uh-uh. uh. He played 79 games. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you weren't in the league. That could be you like he was injured a lot. So those years not count. He played in terms of years in which he played at least one game, including one year with eight. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six. He played so six say, years. I said six, seven, didn't I? Um, yeah, I don't know. It looked shorter on this because the his first year and his last year they didn't list a position, so it looks more like four on the sheet. I can see that, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I think that that's really what it was. But like, it's like, crazy that, like, yeah, I mean, the that three year stretch that he had, you know, 1200 yards, 1500 yards, 1300 yards, mm. and at 25, 26, 27. I mean, that was elite. Yeah, that's like he one of those years he averaged 12 yards of reception too. like, you know, he was also getting you a few hundred yards and through the air. Mm. Yeah, I don't I feel like it was it's it's kind of hard to judge it because he's like one of those dudes that like. The if, if an if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So mm-hmm. when he, like, kept getting hurt, he's like, well, if he stayed healthy, but. He also only are... missed two years in that three-year stretch, which is the craziest part. 
and that tells the story of his career. When he was on the field, he was about as good as they come. Or could be. He had the potential see, to be. See, I, I, that's where I have a hard time. Like, in theory, yeah, but I feel like if you play enough games, they catch on to you, then you have to change your game, which is, to that's me, true. what happens. But he didn't – he doesn't really – he didn't have to do that because – He's a perfect never, example of why you don't pay running backs long term. I can't say that because he was never, like, the feature back until after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, th- those years he was. Back. Those years he was the feature back. But he was the number one back. What I mean by feature is like you're getting ninety percent of the carries. You, like, you're getting the ball first and second down. Yeah, you, and you know how the Patriots just do. It's like whoever has the better hand, who that's our. Well, I mean, back what would you say is like a feature back carries per year? Carries. That's hard to say. I would say per game they're getting eighty, but between seventy-five and ninety percent of the carries. Most teams don't have feature backs anymore, and I think that's kind of my point too. Like, most yeah, because I'm looking like. 337 rushing attempts to me is feature back. I just don't know. See, but that's hard to gauge when, when like back in the past, people used to run a lot more. Yeah. What did Derrick Henry do last year? Because that's the featured of the featurist of feature backs. So, yeah, last year, Derrick Henry had 378, which led the league. 378. Okay. And so Willie Parker was in the 325-ish range. Though at the same time, you know, yeah, because he wasn't their number one option. I would still say the number one option was still Hines Ward, mm-hmm. Plaxico, Randall L, because Ben was coming into his own mm-hmm. a little more. You still got Heath. Yep, Heath Miller out there. Yeah. So he, to me, he was the starter, but I don't know if he was a feature back. Yeah, it wasn't like they knew – it wasn't like their offense wanted to run through him. He was able to do a lot of great things because of the other threats. Yeah. Like, even – and I will probably also argue that Brian Westbrook wasn't a feature back for the Eagles because we had Corral Buckholz and we had Brian Westbrook. We had all of these running backs who were bringing for specific situations, and Brian Westbrook used to split out to receiver a lot. So like, Yeah, he, I was going to say he more receiving back. And, and he returned punts and returned kicks. So, like, he was a feature back in a different sense where, like, when I'm talking about, like, rushing the ball, that's that, that type of feature back, yeah. he wasn't the you, main you, person. You don't have Willie Parker Deuce back. Deuce Daly. We had Deuce there. We had Westbrook. We had say, Corral. Well, I think Deuce was there with Willie, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a guy where you see seven in the box and you still say we're running the ball. And honestly, and I'm guessing there are only three people in the NFL right now like that. And that that's a five yeah, max. Derrick Henry, Damian Harris. No, uh, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. Um, you think like that running the ball. I mean, he's a feature back, but he because he gives does everything. But like, he's not a guy that I'm like, yeah. There's linebackers in the box. I want to run it right up the middle. See, I don't yeah, think you, that you should. That. I don't think you should, but they do, and they feel yeah. confident about it. Saquon Barkley is the fourth, and then maybe I don't even know who the fifth would be. I'm telling you, don't sleep on Damian Harris. Dude averages five yards a carry. All right, so my 36. Um, not Westbrook. No, it was actually. The bus. It was the bus. It was the bus. So as we were talking, first time we've shared one, I think. Apart from maybe one of the obvious ones. Uh, well, that's hard. See, now you're cheating though, because the obvious ones are the ones that we probably would share. Where the less obvious ones are like, because like we both had Irison for three. I know you kind of cheated, but we both had Irison for three. Uh, did, did we? Because we kind of we both had Larry Bird. We both right, had Larry yeah. Bird. We both had like so it's like we both had we Jordan brother for twenty three. We had brother brother Sean like so TFB. I was so I was frantically looking for another thirty six, which I found by the way. But I want to give kudos to the bus man because stand up dude never had any issues. Um, was loved by every teammate I've ever heard of. Asthmatic, again, I can't say it enough. Like, people don't understand what it's like to have asthma and play sports. I learned that the hard way. And also, <clears throat> even though the Steelers are in Pennsylvania, the Eagles and Steelers aren't actually rivals, which is weird because typically if you're in vicinity, you're a rival with somebody, but you're not in Jackson Pennsylvania. Eagles. 
Yeah, that was a terrible team. I was about to mention that. I think they won like three games that year. Like, how the fuck do you combine two franchises and they <laughs> suck? Like, that get worse. <laughs> yeah, how does that happen, dude? <laughs> that is fucking crazy. Like, it also have a terrible name. Like, I'd rather have been the Pittsburgh Eagles or the Philadelphia Steelers than the Steagles. That's the thing. You could have. You sh- they needed to pick like Harrisburg should have had something. Where it's like, okay, we're just gonna take ownership of this for one year. Oh yeah, just, like just somewhere to save this, yeah. <laughs> somewhere outside of it, the link, yeah. the Lancaster, uh, to steal the Iron Pigs from Lehigh Valley. Ooh, that could have been. I could have rocked with some Iron so, Pigs. Speaking, speaking of which, speaking of uh, minor league baseball, um, as I didn't I've even give looking, you my number, man. We, we, oh, we, yeah, go, we, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Goodness gracious, <laughs> I don't just have asthma. I also have ADD. <laughs> so my secondary thirty six. Well, my third thirty six. Um, cause as you know, the bus was number one. And then I was thinking about maybe I'll go Lou Gehrig because that's when he retired at 36 because of Lou Gehrig's disease. But I was like, you know what? We've already talked a lot of Yankees, Red Sox stuff here. So I'm going to go for the second time. And probably there will be a third one once we get to another number, but I'm going Michael Jeffrey Jordan. He retired from the second three feet at 36. Hitting the I, shot. I'm not picking him at that next number. So that's all you too. Cool. Hitting the shot over Brian Russell, which some people say he pushed off. And a friend of mine's dad said he did, he never pushed off. He told Brian Russell, get out of the way of greatness. And I was yeah. like, I like that a lot more. <laughs> I like that one a lot more. Makes sense. And a, and a guy, too, who I don't think people and, and I'm not trying to get into, like, who's the best player of all time because it's Will Chamberlain. But when people look at Jordan's numbers, I don't think that it really they're insane. They're absolutely insane, but I don't think it really quantifies his greatness because for a guy to average 37 a game, win the scoring title, don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, to my knowledge, come back, average 30, add some weight, make somebody else a Hall of Famer to a certain degree, still don't win the championship, and then keep coming back after all of those times. And the only other team, team, franchise, history, in the NBA history to have a three-peat since Jordan did it twice was the Lakers once, and he had Kobe and Shaq. That's kind of insane. And Eddie Jones, let's not sleep. They didn't three. They didn't win the championship with Eddie Jones. That's my guy. That's my I guy. Know. But they tra- so they, so Kobe came off the bench his, his rookie year, and then they traded. Is Eddie, Eddie not Jones there? No one. No, they traded him to the Heat when Kobe started because they couldn't have all of them as as guards. So Nick Van Exel got traded. Eddie Jones got traded and Kobe became a starter. And then he won, he made an all-star team a second year in the NBA, even though somehow Allen Iverson didn't, but he was making, he had one rookie of the year and averaged more points, but Speaking whatever. Do you, do you see uh, his, his investment paid off recently in body armor? Dude, double his actual career earnings, wasn't it? Um, I mean, it had to be up there. Cause I think it was, he bought 10% of the company for 6 million and it just mm-hmm. sold at a valuation of four hundred million. I thought but his 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 amount oh, is four hundred million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane, dude. Like, and, and that's amazing. He won't. Ever, and and uh, Vanessa Bryant, his wife, just won the lawsuit against the city of, of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get paid from the city of Los Angeles and Body Armor, which means they might literally own Los Angeles. They might. Sure. They might. His family might be worth more than the buses in the next couple of years. Which is and speaking of which, our, our thoughts uh, this evening are with Ernie Johnson and his family losing losing their son. I, saw. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Wow, the son they adopted. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because I, I didn't I didn't watch any of the coverage. I, I, All I saw was there's like a six minute video of um, Kenny Shaq and Chuck kind of talking about their memories of him. Obviously, Ernie wasn't there. I did not know that at all. You just hit me with some news I didn't hear about. Yeah. Ernie, Life is Ernie, fragile, man. I Ernie is one of this. the realest ones there is. I'm, I'm going to say this real quick, and I'm going to throw it to you so I can just process what you said. Ernie Johnson, and I'm not trying to be funny at all. Like, 0% of me is trying to make a joke here. Watching, because I started watching Ernie and Kenny on TNT back in, like, I think it was, like, Oh, one. I think that's when I started watching them, like watching them, watching them, not like hearing about it. Like I remember the Vince Carter slam dunk contest and all that kind of stuff, but like watching them, watching them, I think it was like, oh, one. Ernie Johnson made me believe that white 
dudes, white men could be good in this world. And I know that sounds funny and kind of conflicted, but I don't mean it that way. Like he's a I mean, guy from the deep walking south. Walking around where you grow up, I could understand how you could you know what feel I mean? otherwise. But like growing up in the deep south, like he did, um, having that draw that reminds me of like racism. It reminded me of racism. I was like, hmm, can't really trust this dude with that southern draw. Realizing how he battled cancer on TV, like he didn't take a sabbatical. He was like, no, I'm here. You see this lump growing out of my throat. Like I'm, I'm here doing what I got to do. Adopting his son, which I hope you can speak to, because now my mind is racing and I can't fully grasp everything that happened in the story and articulate it in a clean way. Um, being a pillar for black men to get hired to a network that was owned by another country white dude who has a interesting upbringing and past and, and, and resume and him always, and I mean, always speaking up for injustices in the world, not just in America, but like in the world, he would be a dude who like, if you talk to and you heard from he'd be like, Oh yeah, no, this shouldn't be happening. And this is happening. There's a famine over here. There's this happening over there. And not saying he always did it to the highest degree, but a guy who who literally could have just easily just stuck to himself and just been the, the dope white dude who commentates on sports. He decided to add life into it. And he is an American. To me, he's a hero. And I know I know that might seem like a heavy hand I'm giving him, but he's a hero, man. Like he shouldn't be who he is, but yet he still prevailed. Plus, he is basically sponsored by Jordan because of his drip when he wears a suit. So shout out to Ernie, the elevator Johnson. Yeah. Like I, I like to jokingly call him like the greatest babysitter in like all of media <laughs> because of the personalities he needs to manage, but you're right. You know, he was kind of the pioneer of that. So, uh, you know, he's the one that brought a lot of those guys, you know, in and, and kind of is, is the heart of that show. Uh, that, that the other organs, you know, get to pump off of. But, um, yeah, for those that don't know, uh, Michael Johnson was born with a progressive form of muscular dystrophy that caused respiratory issues uh, requiring the use of ventilators, so passed away at age 33. Uh, so shout, shout out to Ernie. He's been through a lot, and for all the good he's done, shows that life really doesn't discriminate. Um, but no good. Yeah. Then, you know, similar Jerry Remy passing away, um, you know, which was a big one for me, you know, colored mm-hmm. commentator, of the Red Sox, basically my entire life. Yeah. You know, great, away. great color commentator. Like yeah. there's people who do the job and there's people who are the job. And, and someone said it best. Cause this was his seventh battle with cancer. And someone was saying like, you know, just shows once again, cancer doesn't, understand the rules of, of a seven game series he's like he swept <laughs> that son of a bitch in four and it kept showing up demanding a rematch and you know one of the other guys in boston sports media that had played for the red Sox was like it hit him so hard because he was like well he's been through it a million times before you just you knew he was going to get to do it so uh, heavy week i was glad that he got his moment in the wild card game to throw out the first pitch um mm-hmm. You know, he, he had breathing assistance at that point, but he got to feel the love one last time from Fenway. Uh, and after that happened, I mean, the Yankees didn't have a chance of winning, I don't think. It was one of those, like, sports karma stories. was like, yeah, wrap it up now. We're yeah. going home. But, it was like when George Bush threw the pitch out for the, at Yankee Stadium. I was like, yeah. well, good luck, everybody else. Yeah, yeah. or the Mets are wearing FDNY hats. It's like, yeah, no, Mike Piazza was always going to hit that home run. <laughs> hey, come on, man. What are we even doing here? Like, when, when the Saints came back, to to, <laughs> to to the dome yeah. after Hurricane Katrina, I was like, "Good luck, Mike Vick." <laughs> like I was like, "This yeah. is going to go real bad for you, dog." <laughs> yeah, like like they ought to just be like, "All right, you know what? Let's just save the airline fuel. We're just gonna we're not gonna play this one." No, to actually, you know what? Take the train. Don't waste the money. Like you know what? We're gonna lose anyway. Why are we even preparing? Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah, real so, though. It's a tough one, and you know, or like or like right after the Boston bombing. Yeah. As it soon was as like, David Ortiz spoke, it was it was cooked. I was watching that live, and I was like, "I was there you? live." I know you were. weren't you working? No, I wasn't working there yet. You weren't working. Um, okay. I was still in high school at that point. Okay, I just assumed you came out the womb working for the Red Sox, but I was mistaken. Inside jobs here and there, but I kind of felt like as a fetus, you were like 
uh, frying funnel cake. You know what I'm saying? One hand, I, I think one the, hand funnel cake. I think I think that's kind of how it was for anyone born before 2004. Yes. Oh, for sure, 100. percent 1,000. You were born actually. into this. No, this is this is a lifestyle choice. This is like veganism. Yeah. I was like, yeah, by, by age five, I was like, you know, I was like, okay, I got the schedule this year. Let's map out all of Pedro's starts if we go every mm-hmm. five days. But RIP, man, like that, I, I had no, I didn't get any alerts about that either, which is interesting because he's such a pivotal sports figure. And which I one, got no Ernie or Ernie. Yeah, Ernie. I didn't get any alerts about it at all. I think that just broke um, like really like not long before we got on here. Actually, I, it says October 30th on ESPN. So I missed it for a couple oh, days man. too. Three days ago, yeah. And so I missed how, it too. And how Ernie and 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 how amazing Ernie spoke about other people who battled cancer in sports, and thinking about Jimmy V and thinking Craig. about hmm? Craig Sager, thinking about Craig Sager and thinking about so many different people where he was always so gracious and that's something that's rare in a position when you're winning like ernie is winning ernie is the top broadcaster in all of basketball if you really want to talk about it and and you know just while i'm because i just pulled up his twitter feed because he's been thanking people um you know he's Stuart scott too i don't want to mention that he he also spoke really highly Stuart scott legend but you know he he was he made a tweet about i presumably the the, the NBA on TNT guys he said, my brother's no words, just a sea of gratitude from Cheryl Lan and me and Michael love you too. Um, but, you know, I just saw on his Twitter three days ago, you know, it says so much about him and, and he does baseball too, but you know, the world series pregame show taking a few minutes to talk about Ernie and his son, that, that dude defines what it is to make an impact. Even even with illnesses and debilitating differences like their son had, I am still in the camp that no parent should have ever outlived their kids. Mm-hmm. That's just a different kind of hurt. I've watched it in my personal life. I've thought about it. I don't have any kids, but like I've thought about that. And it's just like, even though on paper, this makes sense that their son died before them. Like on paper, like all the stuff that he deal with, everything when it comes to that, the life expectancy, all of that kind of stuff. It goes out the window when it happens. Yeah, I agree. and I and I think that his family, like his family, the way he speaks, I, I tell anybody, I'll tell anybody who's listening, all three of you, all three of you, go listen to Ernie Johnson explain how they adopted his son early. I think it was earlier this year, actually. Just put Ernie Johnson interview and put son, and he talks about it so in depth about how they had the pick of the litter of any beautiful, cute, perfect kid from anywhere in the world. And his wife was like, I found a kid who needs us. And she told him all about the elements and all about the issues and all about possibly the life expectancy and how hard it's going to be. And she said, I'm not coming back to America without him. <sighs> Different. Not now, you know, him being the University of Georgia grad, now I hope the the Braves win it even more. Not, now they got, you know, that, that something to play I for. firmly no, disagree as a Phillies fan, <laughs> but I hope that the Bulldogs win a national championship because they have a good shot. Sure. They number one in the playoffs. Yeah, that'd rankings. be dope. That'd be real dope if they did that and he gave the, the pregame pep speech. Speaking of having a shot, and I, I hate to – go from a very serious topic to uh more of a trivial nature um but we, we got some big fights coming up we haven't talked fights in a little this while this is not trivial because somebody could die in the, in the octagon all right that's true or in the box fights. i know but we talk about the the, uh, the javante fight is off i think but is, is it still canelo's this weekend no i thought javante was this weekend and canelo was following or or did i flip that because the Javante fight is off, which I'm disappointed about. Canelo plant. Canelo is this uh, Saturday. Can you look up when Javante Davis was supposed to be? Yeah. December 5th. Wow. I'm so off. Okay. Or wait, no. He is to face Isaac Cruz on December 5th. Yeah, I think that got pushed back. So that, that, that they may have got moved. I yeah, that's that's all of what it says. So 
Okay. I, I'm just going to let you be right. I'm going to say that that was next weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, a Caleb plant fight, mm, whatever. Um, as a box fan, second favorite sport of all time. So, Canelo. Canelo, but not Canelo uh, in the same way that we felt about Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunes. So, he should win, but it shouldn't be a complete, like, box out. Mm-hmm. Because Caleb Plant, it, should, it shouldn't be like they're playing different sports. Yeah, because Caleb Plant is a, is a serious fighter. Um, a Who would you have, by the way, in the AJ Usyk fight going in? We never talked about it. We never I know we didn't. talked about That's it. That's why so I so the funny thing about that was I'd never seen Usyk in person, not in person, live. I've never watched one of his fights live, mm-hmm. and I didn't do enough background to have a real opinion. However. When I read about Usyk and I knew about him being like a light heavyweight who like kind of moved up and very skilled and powerful, he reminded me a lot of Andy Ruiz, where it was just like, oh, a guy who is smaller, who shouldn't have an, a, ch- a chance. And I, actually, we talked about it briefly when I was like, when we talked about, um, we talked about Joshua the same way we talked about Tyson and, and Wilder, when we were like, if they're looking past their opponents, they're going to lose because they sh- they're too dangerous. It's just one of those mm-hmm. things where it's just like. Tyson Furious was to fight Anthony Joshua for probably like $100 million. Now you're telling me you got to fight Usyk for probably, what, $20 million, which is a lot of fucking money, but it ain't $100 million. No. <laughs> and you, and you know, for that? like, Fury is, like, rooting for AJ more than his fans are, I think, at this point. And, you know, and, and to me... Because he me, wants that all-England fight. And to me, the greatest fighters of all time don't look like bodybuilders, ever. Can you mm-hmm. name a great fighter who looked like a bodybuilder? In boxing history? Uh, like, yeah, like I'm thinking like Ali was in great shape, but not quite yeah. in that way. The best I Tyson mean, was the one with Young abs. Tyson? Yeah. Before, but he didn't even have abs. Like, he was just kind of right. like, he was just a body. He was like, he was like a damn, that muscle. dude's big. But yeah. then when he came out, when he came out of prison, he had like abs and shit. And it was like, he was never the same person. Yeah. They don't look like because it's it's about functionality of it's muscle. about functionality, not just the way you look. So right. typically the people who look the most cut are the really small fighters like the Manny Pacquiao's, the Floyd Mayweather's. But they don't look like bodybuilders. They look like they're just cut because they don't have a lot of fat around them. Anthony Joshua looks like he works out to look good as opposed to his muscles functioning correctly, because the best fighters um, that I've seen in my lifetime are the ones that look like. Bernard Hopkins, who's like looks like they're a little hunched over because they're just so smooth and slick. Like the Klitschko's and they can get those punches out real smooth. Where like Anthony Joshua looks like he is It's an effort. It's an effort every single time. Even his jab is like it's like, oh, you're it's not fluid at all. Like this is not one of those the only fighter in our generation that I can think of who looked like a bodybuilder per se, but not even really, and it was great was Evander Holyfield. He was fucking cock diesel. Like his neck looked like fucking uh, TRT Vitor, but you know, like, but there's a lot that went into that too. Like, people think he's been taking steroids for a very long time. Or yeah, whatever. It, it it's weird. It's weird. It's weird though, because like, oh, well, I don't know, because there's so many different aspects to MMA that there's definitely more of those people in MMA. But MMA fighters almost train like CrossFit people. Where like, yeah, that's what I say. Like, to not all the different stuff, like, yeah, but like it's almost Francis. impossible to not get jacked. But then again, oh, Fran- no, like, no, no, don't do that. Francis is different. Francis, but like, yeah, no, like, like Uzman. AJ to me, if you're gonna compare him to like an MMA guy right now, lately, he's like Apollo Casa. He's also different. I think there's some guys who are like absorbing. Like he that's... can't win. He hasn't. Been, he can't win big fights because the he, the skill is. Oh, just you mean what like? Oh, I thought you meant the way he looks. No, I'm saying he 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 has the look of like oh no you wanted to look good. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you're not, that's a great it's comparison. It's not translating to the fight. Great you know, comparison. Izzy is just a skinny kid and he's kicking your yeah. face off. Who was the guy? Uh, Sage Northcutt. Same thing. Yeah, he looked a fantastic. Well, and one of my buddies that I worked broken. with went to high school with him, and then got his face broken. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like oh you have a 13 pack cool. What are you gonna do with these elbows? But Wonder Boy. Yeah. Yeah. The only, you know, what's weird about it. I don't know how you feel about this. When it comes to the fight game, the people who don't look like they're in the best of shape when it comes to being bodybuilders or being super cut, but typically are the better versions of the fighters are the women. 
Like you would think that for the vanity situation, the way that we look at the world, that the women will come in like, oh, I'm going to look as good as possible and fight. And typically the women look very functional. Like, like they rose. look rose, um, pretty much every and Amanda Nunes has like muffin top. Like it's just like, yeah. no, nah, but this works for me. Like it's like a lot going on with their like it's it's it like Joanna. Like it never looks like somebody's like drained out to the point where they look like they could be on sports illustrated swimsuit edition but they are going to fuck you up but where the guys come in like probably oh, the most my cut woman I'd, I'd say is valentina it's either violence i would say there's three i think it's valentina i think um holly oh, holly home is insane like that's just a different yeah. level and then and then show water uh, no, I was gonna say, um, wow, this is this is a little bit embarrassing that I can't Age? remember her name right now. No, uh, who, um, who, uh, who she's fighting this weekend? Whaley, Whaley's young and she's yeah. fucking. Yeah, cocky. she's another one I'm thinking of. And uh, from uh, uh, Jessica Andrade, those are the, like the four. But yeah. since Andrade, she, she to me is she more strength, like, like power than than cut. And she doesn't look like that since she moved up. When she was like fighting like the roses of the world at the smaller weight class, she looked a lot more cut. But now she's moved up, she has a lot more functional fluff to. I was gonna say functional fluff. That's what I'm gonna say. Because look at DC. That's functional that's, fluff. That's what I say. I got. I, I like. That. I'm gonna say that shit too. Functional yeah. fluff, man. You see my. You see our guy no, DC. Functional I fluff. I feel good now. <laughs> yeah, man. It's functional fluff, baby. We out here. Derek Lewis. Yeah. Derek Lewis. Functional fluff. What did they say about John Jones when he was gaining weight? Like he's getting fat. No, that's functional fluff. You don't understand it yet. You're gonna see it later on. You don't know about that double F. BJ Penn never had abs. Functional fluff. I mean, yeah. The the issue is anyone that's not like a heavier dude though in, in MMA, the they're all cut because they're all cheating to get down to the lower weight class. BJ Penn didn't. Nate. Nate doesn't. Nate barely. When Nate was young, he had abs. I don't know where they went. Like I have <laughs> yeah. no clue where they went. Cowboy, so, you know, cowboy borders on it. Cowboy definitely borders, depending on where he's fighting. One seventy, cowboy yeah. looks like he's fat. When he's like, I shouldn't say fat. He looks <laughs> he's like straight he's off a horse. He's straight pleasantly horse. plump. Yeah, he's pleasantly <laughs> plump. Under that, he looks really, really good. Speaking of Nate, should he take the the fight that Chael Sonnen said he should take, or should he take the fight that Dana Dana is proposing? What's the one that Chael wants him to take? Chell said that Nate called him out of the blue because they don't really talk and said, I have one fight left on my UFC contract. Who do you think it should be? I don't usually ask anybody's opinion. I kind of go with my gut, but I respect how you view like everything that goes into the fighting. And he said, I love that. I love that he went to Chell for that. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why that's surprising. I mean, it is surprising to me that that's but it makes sense for that time. type of stuff, but it makes sense. Yeah. He said Tony Ferguson. Yeah, no, I like that one way better. That's right. I did see that. I think Dana is trying to prove a point by getting Nate knocked out for the first time in his career. Like, flatline. Yeah, yeah he's trying to build Hamzat on a, like, huge domestic name. And he's also trying to take away Nate's money of possibly fighting one of the Paul brothers after this. Yeah. I think no, I, I want Tony. Two two legends, two two pioneers of, of the last decade of the sport. When was the last time there's been a draw in a major fight in the UFC? I can't remember at all. Last time there was I feel a like this draw. Could be a draw. Uh, oh, it was uh, Moreno Figueroa, probably. Mm hmm. <laughs> so I was going to say wild. Woodley uh, Wonderboy, and I knew that there was another one more recently than that in the title. Fight. Oh, yeah, no, Figueroa. That's a good call. That's a great call. But it doesn't happen often at all. And I feel like this could be one of those fights where I don't want it to be in Vegas. I don't want it to be in Vegas. I don't no, really can't want it to be in New York. I want it to be in a place that's going to allow damage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It can't be in New York. Do you think this is one of those fights where they just take it international? Yeah, you go to Abu Dhabi and have it with that one ref that they have had this last weekend. That guy probably should be fired, but I love it at the same time. <laughs> I, I love that they didn't get a minute into the next fight. It's like, yep, and you won't believe this, but he's been called off the rest of his assignments for the night. Absolutely insane. Worst ref I've ever insane. seen. Almost as sane as uh, somebody emailing me at 9.03 at night about a package that came to me. Why are you emailing me? Yo, shoot that over in the morning, cuz. Like, what do you think I'm going to do right now at 9.03 at night? I mean, it depends what else you have to do. You can go walk for a package. Well, or you have to go walk? All the way to the, is that all the way to your gate? No, it's at my job. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that's> <laughs> 
No, if it was like coming to my personal residence, I'll go grab that. You want me yeah. to like it takes me 20 to 30 minutes to drive there. That's what an hour and a half, two hour walk. Yeah, no, I, I thought you meant when I said walk, I, my estimate was like, oh, maybe your package center is like right at that front gate. That's a good walk <laughs> from your place. <laughs> All right. So I figure let, let's discuss mm-hmm. the big three fights. I, I think that's that's, that's to talk about for the, this week. Three fights. What the, do you the mean? La- the last oh, three oh on a car. On a car. Yeah. All right, all right. Can we start from the let's start from the top down so instead of the bottom up? Okay. Let's start. I want to start. We never start from the top down. Say the names of the fighters and you go, then I go for the second one, and then we both go at the same time for the third one when it comes to our picks. Okay. Um the incumbent champion, the Nigerian nightmare, Kamaru Usman, defending his belt against Colby Chaos Covington. Mm. Rematch of one of the better fights of the last few years for sure. We gotta we gotta say how they're gonna win as opposed to you gotta say either decision or how they're gonna stop the person. You don't okay. gotta say around. You you don't gotta say around though. Unless you're okay. so froggy. Um hmm. I think Usman's gonna win. Okay. Method of victory. Because his last fight was the Masvidal knockout, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And Kobe's last fight was the Tyron Woodley stoppage. Yeah. The broken rib. And then before that, he got his jaw broken. So, Which is um, very fitting. I think I'm going to go Usman by fourth round TKO. Usman, Okay. Okay, so he's going to still be conscious, but the ref is going to just stop it. I think it's going to go late. I think there's going to be a point where he catches Colby, kind of gets him a little staggered. Uh huh. They end up on the ground, and it's kind of ground and pound shell until the ref calls it. Okay. Because Colby's then going to complain that it was an early stoppage. That's Mm. my extra prediction. Unless he breaks his jaw again, then he just leaves. Okay. I got... Kamaru Usman winning by decision is going to go to full distance because I think Kobe isn't going to try to strike. So they're going to go to wrestling. And Kobe is probably a top five wrestler in the UFC, but Kamaru is probably the greatest wrestler in UFC outside of Derek Coleman. So yeah, no, I I, I like I like the decision call. I, I was certainly thinking that Usman's a heavier favorite than I would have expected, to be honest. Not for me, because you gotta think about it. Kobe beat a guy who won one fight in like seven fights, I think. Even though I, I'm almost a mo- yeah. It, Usman has also looked like weirdly, like he's weirdly gotten better fight by fight, more so than yeah. I can remember maybe any champion. I think anybody. Like the fact yeah. that he was like, "Oh, you're boring," and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to try to choke people." Like, okay, what can you do on your feet? I'm gonna I'm gonna knock out a guy who hasn't been knocked out in fifty professional fights. Yeah. And oh, okay. Cold. Cold out peace. So I think that he might be the best we've seen ever when it comes to progression. Yeah, no, I think the only reason because like it is, it was such an interesting first fight. It was so close. Um, going into the fifth round, one judge had it two two, and one judge had it three one either way. So it was like it was razor thin. Um, so but I was I'm also during the that. during the presidential election, so I don't trust that. But um. Was it? Oh yeah, I mean it's during the election. Yeah, you're right. That was. <laughs> I feel like people were like, "We like what Kobe's saying out here." I don't. I don't think it was that close at all. Like I think Kamar Usman was. I had Usman three one. Yeah, I think that. I think Kobe was showing a great effort, like an amazing effort. But I think he was getting his cardio beat. is unreal too. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's what we pretend the Diaz cardio is. <laughs> yeah. It, Kobe is 25th minute Nate Diaz, but the entire time. Mm-hmm. So second fight. All right. Now see good, you, sir. You want to lead off? No, I want you to announce it. No, I'll, I'll, say, okay. I'll say who I'm thinking. You're doing, you're doing great with the announcing. A, an, another rematch. Zhang Wei Li, mm-hmm. the former strawweight title champ, mm-hmm. uh, going up against the and again incumbent <laughs> Thug Rose Namajunas. I got. Uh, I feel bad. I, I don't know 
Zhang Wei Li's nickname, if she has one, Magnum. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I'm glad I didn't say that. Yeah, sounds terrible. I'm going with uh, Zhang Wei Li. Fourth round as well. I think that she is going to ground and pound rolls. And the reason why I say that is because part of me, and this is going to sound terrible. I know it's going to sound terrible. I am who I am, though. I'm slowly falling off the rose bandwagon. Like, it's becoming too much for me. And it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. One of my ex-girlfriends looks so much like Rose Nam and Eunice, and I enjoyed every moment we had until we didn't. I love her spirit. I love the way she talks. I love that she literally looks like she could be a model and is just speaking break about faces. a lot of a lot of her trauma when it comes to assault and all like that, that's amazing. I, however, it's become too much with the crying for me. It's become too much. Like, look how much I've overcome to me. Like, and and I might sound like a fucking terrible person for saying it, but it is what it is. And I think Wei Li Zhang uh, is just a better fighter when it comes to the amount of ways she can beat somebody like Rose. Like, I think Rose legitimately beat her, but I also think that I don't think that. Weili Zhang really took that fight as seriously as she probably should have taken it. Um, because if you if you do what you did with Joanna and Jacek, and then you get into the fight with Rose and that happens in like the first round, that doesn't feel like it was hmm, that doesn't feel like the best version of both of those fighters was in that cage. Mm-hmm. Unless what happened with Joanna took out what was in Weili Zhang, because that's what happens a lot of time. Gotti and Ward were never the same after those battles. Like, it was just like, no, we can never be whole again. And that could happen. But now um, with Wei Li working with Triple C, I, I think that's a fucking fantastic move because it helps with her footwork. It helps with mm-hmm. the balance that she did. She never had great balance, but she was so fucking powerful and so quick, it didn't matter. But it's fixing flaws early enough in her career where it works. Like, even a kick, like, I watched it probably 20 times at this point. That wasn't a great kick. Like if we've been, I know that was just perfectly timed and right it was on the button. Perfectly timed, and she was like jumping into it. Like it was like she yeah. was like off balance and jumped into it. Where like Rose quarter with like the ends of her foot or something like that. Where literally the best kicks always catches you like with the end, of, like the other end of your foot or your ankle. And it wasn't that. Excuse me. So like it was like, and she was still conscious. She just wasn't. She did lose. Like I'm not saying she didn't lose that fight because she couldn't fight anymore. But excuse me, I don't think that Willie Zhang is. Um, I think Rose. Rose is, is amazing for what she is. However, I would argue, I would argue that except for the first Joanna fight, she arguably have lost all of those big fights. Because even when it came to Jessica Andrade, that rematch, Andrade beat the shit out of her in those last two, two, two and a half rounds. Like beat the shit. Like if you saw her face was destroyed and Andrade was still there like, oh, I lost. OK, I guess I'll keep moving. And I'm not saying she didn't win, but it's very quite. She's never been dominant outside to me, outside of that Weili Zing high kick. And I don't know if I consider that dominant. I think that's a perfect kick at the perfect time. I I, I can I can see where you're coming from. Um, I am biased as admitted, still going with Rose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that you say it that way, because I think that's kind of how I see this fight going is rose by decision Mm. in one where you're like "Ah, i don't know that she won but they said she won (laughs) i I think it's gonna be close like i don't think she's gonna dominate um i think she's gonna be technical kind of point fighty um i think whaley's gonna catch her with some stuff um i wouldn't be shocked if whaley kind of caught her at some point in like the second ish round, maybe mm-hmm. and kind of like had her like, Oh, this might be it. And then, you know, even like I, I could kind of see a situation where like end of the second type of thing, she kind of escapes by the bell mm. and then kind of works her way back into the fight. That wouldn't shock me to where like you almost come away with from the fight being like, Boy Lee hit her harder and had her mm-hmm. in more danger than she may have ever been in. But I think Rose might still win the fight. By decision, I can see that. I can. I and I'm not saying that like Whaley is going to dominate Rose at all. 
I think yeah, it is. No, I mean, like, I mean, the, it's it's basically a coin flip. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a coin flip. Um, but I, but I also think it's a coin flip more. I think Wei Lee can win three out of the five rounds and then not be close, but it's only three out of the five rounds, so it looks closer than it actually is. I feel like this is the kind of fight it might be where it like looks okay. closer after the fact than when you're watching and being like, oh, this is this is not that close at all. I I could see that. And I hope right. to get back on the Rose bandwagon. I mean, not even I was rocking with Rose before the bandwagon, but like, yeah, it it just it, it feels like the UFC. So is, what what if she no no what if she wins no tears and just hits it with the I am still the best. I I don't I wouldn't believe it. Yeah, I want I would want to believe it. I really would, but I don't think I would believe it. It's just not really her personality to be triple C. <laughs> Not, but Triple C is cringy. That's a, that's a little bit different. Like, it's not really in her personality to be Conor McGregor. Conor, yeah. Young Conor, yeah. It's not really because, like, at the end of the day, realistically speaking, when it and I don't, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. But if we're gonna think about the champions, she's the weakest female champion we have, and it's not even close. I mean, yeah, it, it's really not fair to ever compare. Like Wei Lee would also be the weakest of the three champions in my eyes. Wei Lee would be closer to not being the weakest. Closer, but I still don't know how close that is. Before before she got knocked out by Rose, she would be pretty fucking close. Yeah, I'd like to see her fight Valentina at some point. Valentina would beat the shit out of both of them. I agree. But, but yeah, no, like Wei Lee needs to keep working with Triple C, mm-hmm. working with a few other people getting because like she's still so young to the sport where valentina has been fighting since she was since i was a red sox fan in the fetus yeah so she she she, she was in a womb she was fighting with that fucking that umbilical cord she was like what is this threat (laughs) (laughs) um all right so last one the highlight justin gaethje Mm -hmm. coming off a loss versus a bad loss too yeah Versus, I, I don't want to say this guy's nickname. I feel it feels disrespectful. Iron Michael Chandler. I mean, wh- you're not Iron I, Mike. No, he's not at all. So, so I know, I know. I say you picked the first one. I picked the second one. We call out our picks for the third one, but I want to revise that. I can't call this pick out because my pick comes with such a long explanation. Lots of dependencies. I'm, I'm. It's so many contingencies. I'm on a fence about. Who I'm picking and why. And to I'm me, this with fight, you though. it goes to me, it goes one way or the other. I don't think there's an embassy. I don't think this is going to be a fight where we don't know who won. I think this is going to be a clear decision of a, of a victory in any kind of capacity. If one if fighter A does this or a fighter B does this. Mm-hmm. I don't see this as one of those fights. Right, where if it just stays like, on the feet. It's Gaethje all day. I agree. Because not, be- not because he's the best striker of the two. I think Michael Chandler actually is a better striker when we talk about accuracy, when it talks about the way he throws punches. Gaethje is different. Ga- Gaethje is a fucking zombie. Gaethje yeah. is like, the more damage you hit him with, the better he reacts to it, kind of like a Diaz. I was like, he- was, it the, was it the Eddie fight or Poirier where it was like he was totally fine the entire time, and then it was just like his entire body shut down after like nothing. It was like one too many. It, and it he was, just it slumped. Poor, yeah, it was poor. Yeah. yeah, he just crumbled. He crumbled at the, at the end of it. And, and to me, if it stays on the feet, Michael Chandler literally looks more technically sound than Justin Gaethje. But Justin, Justin Gaethje to me is more dangerous because he's not as technically sound. He could take more damage. And I think come he actually hits harder. Yeah. And I think he actually hits harder. If it goes to the ground, Michael Chandler all day, even though Justin Gaethje allegedly is an all-state wrestler. See, that's that's what I kind of want to see, at least once. I need Chandler to shoot a takedown, and I just want to see Gaethje go. Because, yeah, we've been saying it for four years. Like, yeah, oh, he's an all-American wrestler. No, no, because we saw him with Khabib. He looked like he never wrestled a day in his life. We did see it a little bit there, yeah. That was awful, dude. Like I was everyone looked he, like they never wrestled against him. No, 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 no. But I was shocked at how bad he looked wrestling. Like, I didn't think he was going to win the fight. But I was so shocked at how bad he looked wrestling. I was like, what yeah. state was this again? Like, I was literally looking into the credentials. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I... I hmm. 
Michael Chandler I, I'm going is so Gaethje. much better of a wrestler than Justin Gaethje, and I'm not even. I'm not even. Yeah. To me, I'm not even guessing with that. I I feel firm in saying Jesus was black and Justin Gaethje is a a, a less lesser wrestler than Michael Chandler. Uh, yeah, I'm still going Gaethje for the win. I'm going with if it stays on the feet, Justin Gaethje. If it goes down, it's going to be Michael Chandler all day. And I know, I know, ifs. That's not what we do with predictions. But to me, this is another pick em fight. And the, the reason why, if if Justin Gaethje, and the reason why to me is pick him, if Justin Gaethje hasn't been as inactive as he's been recently, if he hasn't been as in many, as many wars recently as he has been, and if he didn't look like such a novice wrestling against Khabib, I would go Justin Gaethje firmly. But there's only so many wars you can be in, like we said about the first fight. No, we said about Rose. Oh, what fight? We said it about the Rose fight, didn't we? Yeah, about Wei Lee and and fighting Yoana. Yeah, with Yoana. So there's only so many wars you can be in. Justin Gaethje literally is the god of war. And no, it's not his nickname, I know. But like he's like the god of war when it comes to the most violent fighter in UFC, as some may have called him. So it's only so many, like, to me, Justin Gaethje reminds me, and I hope I'm wrong, he reminds me a lot of Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell was an all-state wrestler, but he never had to use it, nor did he care to use it except for defenses. And he had a granite fucking chin. He could take the most punishment of anybody in that division, probably. And then one night, it was just done. He could never take another punch. And I worry that that might be Justin Gaethje, like where he's been in so many wars and so many battles that his body physically can't absorb the type of pressure. Michael, Because Michael Chandler is, what, a top five pressure fighter, I would say, in the UFC right now? Like, yeah, he goes like after I, it. yeah, it is crazy that... Gaethje hasn't fought since Khabib because like he he does strike like he feels like yeah well, I don't know he's fought a, it seems like mostly once a year but it, it felt like he was a guy that was gonna fight every three months and then Khabib Khabibed him for lack of a better term and then he wanted more money which he got and then he wanted all these stipulations which he got some of them I'm assuming and I think that. I, par- I also personally think that it goes back to that R.I.P. to arguably the greatest middleweight of all time. I think Bernard Hopkins is, but I'll go either way. Of, of Hagler, it's hard to get up at 3 a.m. and run five miles when you're sleeping in satin sheets. Mm-hmm. Gaethje finally got his money where he can retire his parents, I think, and he can do these things, he can do that thing. It's hard to be the guy whose nose is literally destroyed and he's going to get fixed once he retires. And be willing to fight like that when you're making the type of money he started. He, I'm assuming he's making now. Probably. I mean, when yeah, have you heard Gaethje call a shot? He called shots before and after the Khabib fight. It was like, who are you to call shots, bro? He was yeah. the guy who threw the title on the ground, and he's like, Nah, man, I can't fight for that money. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, everyone has a plan until you get choked out by Khabib. Until until Khabib didn't want to break one of your limbs, so he decided to choke you out instead. Right. That would emasculate me so much, my guy. Like if he was like, you know what, I could have beat you, you have this to break way, your but, own arm. But I cared about your family, so I choked you out instead. Yeah. Like what? No, break my fucking arm, dog. Here's my arm. Like, like I that's know you big. Me, that's big brothering is. to the highest degree. I gotta kill you. We can never be cool again. I can't <laughs> hang around you knowing that you did that to me. I, that's Keep definitely that shit not something I would ever say to Khabib. Is Keep- I'm gonna kill you. No I, I, no, I didn't say I will kill you. I said I will have to kill you. Yeah. We can't be I'm, cool. I'm morally obligated to give it everything I got. You can't invite me to Thanksgiving. I'll just come happy. I got to put some glass in your salad or something. I got I to gotta hurt you. Oh, man. Braves up, up 3-0. Jorge Soler hit one to the moon. I mean, it'll be good for the city of Atlanta, which is the real-life Wakanda to win this World Series, but as a Phillies fan, I'm not going to be mad if they don't. Win a World Series, get rid of the chop. Win a World Series right after Hank Aaron dies. That's fucking crazy. That is crazy. Take that wild. Like, that's wild. They haven't even been contending to win a World Series in many years. And and they're doing it without their best player. And Hank Aaron dies, and they're like, oh, we back. That's why I can't. When people say I don't believe in like energy, I'm like, you're fucking crazy. Because this is, Insane. I, I don't, I don't believe this is by accident at all. Never. I mean, inspiration even is real. 
inspiration is energy you know what i'm saying like yeah. what we put towards it that's really what it is yeah it's not like they're winning baseball games because he died but it's like no that, that gives you a little extra though 100 percent. one to get through 162 for sure that's a lot of fucking games man and it, and and they were all talking about like his hitting percentages, his OPS, his ability. Like it was just like that seems fake. And there's like, oh no, he played all the time, so he had a better chance of actually developing. And now these players, I feel like the Bray players are like, well, if Hank did it, why can't I? Yeah, <laughs> twenty seven All Star games in twenty five years. Dude, Hank Aaron was different, man. That's different. That's that's like that's just, just like his greatness. He might be the least respected. Great player ever. Oh, speaking of disrespected great players, I got furious watching Jeopardy last night when all of them sat the whole there was a whole category about Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And they all sat there in silence when it was brought up that the Negro League Baseball Museum uh, was founded by Buck O'Neill, who played mm-hmm. for this uh, Kansas City baseball team and showed Shout pictures of him, sat, him yeah. Satchel Page, and Jackie Robinson, and they all just sat there with their hands on their buzzers, and I was cussing them out. Were they all white? Uh, I'm trying to remember if there was anyone that wasn't. And we're They've been mostly right. pretty white lately. And we're quite right. I think I'm think I i I'm going to err on the side of probability and say yes. They're, they were very white, and we're quite right. Thank you all for listening. We out. Respect the monarchs. Goddamn fucking right.